Welcome to Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lindner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Poon School of Law. And today I'm joined by Liam Hendry for the final episode of Series 3. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Liam studied on the MSc Construction Law and Dispute Resolution Programme at King's and graduated in 2020. Prior to enrolling on the course, he had spent 15 years working in commercial roles in the construction industry and had obtained a Bachelor of Science in Quantity Surveying. Studying at King's inspired Liam to pursue a career in law and in June 2020 he joined Pretty Solicitors LLP as a legal assistant working across the construction and commercial dispute resolution teams. He is currently working towards qualifying as a solicitor via the solicitors qualifying exam route and he has just taken the SQE2 exam. Liam it's wonderful to have you here on Let's Talk Law. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi Caroline, thanks for having me on. So um Really interested background, and we'll get on to that. And obviously, you you have had a, a change of career direction, but tell us about your current role at Pretties. Um, what does it involve? What are you doing on a day to day? Okay, so I, I I think as you mentioned, I'm a, a a legal assistant in the construction and commercial dispute resolution teams. Um, primarily at the moment, working on on construction matters, and that's uh, ad- advisory and disputes um so my my days are quite varied it could be um drafting a drafting a letter of claim um bundling for for court for example um working on on witness statements um i've attended court a couple of times um yeah so it is it it really is quite varied and we'll get on to how you came about getting that role because it's quite an interesting story I think but before you did the MSc at King's as I said in my introduction you were working as a quantity surveyor so I'm going to take you back a few years now what attracted you to that profession in particular? Well I I sort of I sort of fell into it so um, at at school I always had aspirations um, of being an architect and um, I, I sort of had had that goal up until probably probably the last uh, year of school um my dad used to work for a, a construction company um and i think in in the holidays in my last year of school i would go and do work experience there um and they ended up offering me a job as a as a trainee qs um and i think i was perhaps um a little biased by the 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 money on offer at the time and and uh, sort of weighed that up against the 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 student debt and and things yeah. like that and and sort of it wasn't it wasn't necessarily what I set out to do but it was yeah just just something that I I fell into really I think I think it was quite suited to me at the time it's um it's very mathematical there's there's sort of an element of problem solving which I think is is a lot of my job now um working through things logically so there, there's there's ironically a lot of a lot of crossover there, yeah. Yeah, that that logical thought process in particular, I'd imagine. Um, so let's fast forward a few years. You're working as a quantity surveyor, um, and then you decide to do what a lot of people do, which you decide to study alongside working full time. So you do the MSc at, at King's. So what was the decision process around that? Okay, well, in 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 the the role I was working at. Uh, working in at, at, at the time, um, the the company I was working for 
was involved in an adjudication. So adjudication is a form of dispute resolution primarily used in, in construction. It's, um, it's, it's quite, quite fast paced, um, results in what many people call uh, rough, rough justice. And um, we had an external consultant represent the company in, in the adjudication. I, I just sort of said in passing to him at the time, oh, how do you end up sort of getting to do what you do? I think it was more just kind of just curious, really. And um, he said, well, I didn't necessarily take this path, but if I were to sort of have my time again, I, I would go and study the um, MSc in construction law at King's. Um, and at the time I thought, well, that's that's all very interesting. But um, yeah, I, I just ended up parking that. And I think probably about a year later, I was I was feeling a bit stale in my job. I think at that point I'd uh, it'd been sort of three or four years since I'd finished my undergraduate degree. So I think I was perhaps subconsciously looking for a, a goal maybe or, or something to kind of challenge me in that way and um, decided to enrol on the um, or, or at least apply for the, uh, the to study on the MSc. And am I correct to say that's a two-year part-time course? Yes it is yeah, yeah yeah I think you can do it you can do it over one year part-time and two years uh, sorry one year full-time and two years yeah. part-time. Yeah okay um, and so tell us about your experience of studying at King's because as you said you'd had a break from doing your undergrad you'd obviously been working before and after that and you're suddenly you're, you're studying part-time and working and you're at a new institution so, so tell us what your experience was like. Yeah well I'm, I'm possibly an, an anomaly because I I do really enjoy sort of learning and, and studying and I think that's perhaps I, I don't want to sort of take away from how challenging the course is but I think that's that's why it sort of fitted in it, it didn't it didn't seem too too onerous for me um I I really enjoyed studying at King's and I think as as sort of stimulating and as challenging as the the course itself is I think the the biggest takeaway for me and I think this applies for a lot of people on the course is is perhaps the the people that you get to meet and that's fellow students that's um the the king's lecturing team visiting lecturers there's sort of satellite events and and associations and it's that that sort of network and and the 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 people and the, even the friends that I've met is is something that I would um really take away and I think I think just sort of getting the chance to study in person as well I mean I'm I'm really did sort of feel for the people I think who started the year after I left um who weren't able to to go onto campus and study and I think yeah. now they can in their second year um don't quote me on that but I think they can yeah yes um people are finally getting back in person which we're delighted about but yes uh, as you say it's been a, a quite a different experience for some people and, and what's it been like what was it like rather studying and working at the same time you know what's the reality of that um I think I think for me like I say sort of deep deep down perhaps it didn't show outwardly but I did I did enjoy it so it's um perhaps I didn't find it as as tough as it could be but I think the the trick to it is perhaps good good time management um and whether I for for some people for example you might want to set aside some time before work to study it might it might make sense to do a a block at the weekend um the 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 latter worked for me but I think you perhaps need to 
be disciplined with your time and just sort of commit to that regularly. Um, the the way that the the MSC is run is that it's in instead of being, for example, one day a week, it's three days consecutively every month. And I think I think it's structured like that to encourage people to come from abroad and just spend the weekend here once a month studying. Um, so you had this you had this odd kind of pattern where you would be really busy for a week preparing and then the sort of the, the fallout following a teaching weekend and then it might go quiet for a week or two and then it would sort of start again so you you do have to sort of adapt to that rhythm of um, work work and work and study. Um, yeah as you say having the discipline uh, and perhaps you know leaning on the time management skills that you would have learned in and have developed over your professional career I'm sure you know comes in comes in really handy when you are studying and working at the same time. Now I know from our previous discussions Liam and from um, conversations with colleagues who were working at the service before me that you know you you did go about exploring your career options very carefully um, and actually I'm interested to know whether you you started the MSc actually thinking you were going to change careers. So I'm going to park that there as a bit of a, a question for you to consider. But what did you do about, how did you go about exploring a career change and how you might qualify as a solicitor and types of law firms to work at? Because there's a lot there, isn't there? Yeah, well, it's um, it's very, very generous of you to say it was careful. Um, in, in, in hindsight, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. I think it's, um, uh, it was a lot of research really around sort of, practice areas I think I knew quite early on that I wanted to focus on construction I think that's a, an area of law that that I enjoyed I think I can add some value to clients with my commercial and sort of prior experience um, so there's a lot of research around practice areas types of firm routes into qualification so I think it was mentioned quite early on in one of our lectures at King's that the the route to qualification was changing but it was just kind of left at that really and um, I think probably the the thread in in my research was really the the SQE and how I could sort of almost um, pitch myself ar around that in the end um, because yeah I think being being a sort of uh, career changer, you perhaps have different motivations and, and demands on your time. I think the the graduate recruitment process for a lot of firms is is set up towards undergrads. Um, they might be of a certain age, perhaps they don't have mortgages and, and long term relationships and sort of adult commitments. And um, I think perhaps what I was looking for was something slightly different but I didn't I didn't arrive there straight away um so did you did you attend law fairs and all that sort of workshops did you use the career service at all yes I did so I made um I made contact with a, a predecessor of yours mm. and um we had a we had a really good chat on the phone she was she was really helpful and I'll, well, I'll, I'll name check her actually. It was, Ooh, it was please Helen do. Love, it was Helen Lovegrove, and um, we we had we had the initial chat, and she she gave me um, uh, what what you might call a, a sort of cold bath. Really, it was sort of um, I think she was very very kind of realistic about how things might pan out, and it was it was kind of I think it was probably the 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 chat that I needed because it sort of it it made me kind of look 
inward I think about what I wanted and what my strengths were and, and perhaps equally what what I didn't necessarily want and, and where I wasn't so strong. Um, so I found I found that really helpful. I did I did go to the King's Careers Fair um, and possibly in line with what, what I said earlier, um, I, I just I just found it was quite difficult to sort of um, gain traction being being sort of a career changer and having slightly yeah. different circumstances to somebody in who would usually go through the recruitment pipeline. I mean, a, a lot of the a lot of the firms there do recruit career changers, but my impression of the the system is that's very much out of the norm. Mm. Yeah, and as you say, it's important to a uh, have that realism and that conversation with someone neutral, which Helen obviously provided, and mm. also recognizing what's right for you because what's right for somebody else is not right for the other person next to them. So, uh, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier on in our discussion, Liam. But um, you know, your route to the role you've currently got now, I understand, came via LinkedIn, and we all know LinkedIn is you know a very powerful platform. People are increasingly using it um, from university as well as within you know experienced uh, world of work. What are your top tips for using this platform to network and job hunt? What, what worked for you? And actually, let tell me, you know, let's talk about how you ended up getting your job at the moment okay. as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think, um, as I mentioned a moment ago, I think I, I sort of ended up landing on the the SQE is probably the the route to qualification that would most suit me because you could uh, you could uh, work at the same time as uh, qualifying. There wouldn't there wouldn't be any periods of full-time study for example and and I think assuming that you pass the exams first time overall it should be more cost effective as well so once I'd settled on that 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 gave me a bit more clarity and I, I almost used that because we are going back over two years now when sort of SQE was really sort of um, uh, kind of early in its development um, and I and I almost used that as a as a pitch that I was looking to to qualify in this way and um, sort of almost bringing firms on on that journey um, and I think what LinkedIn allows you to do is you can kind of you can have access to the gatekeepers at, at, at firms and companies um, a, a bit more easily and I think Providing that you're, as you should be, sort of in the real world, <laughs> providing that you're polite and um, courteous in 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 approaching people, um, the the very worst response that you can get is is just a no, thank you. Um, so I I use the platform to sort of identify uh, re regional firms that had a had a construction uh, team and and ended up making contact with. Um, Peter Blake at the firm here, who's the um, head of construction and disputes, um, and, and things went from there. I think from the firm's point of view at the time, people people knew about SQE, but it wasn't anything that they were looking to to implement or sort of send any of the trainees down that channel at the time. Um, so I'm almost the the sort of guinea pig in in that respect, really. And I think perhaps over the next well the the next couple of sqe cycles that they'll they'll sort of lean on 
on my experience and um, try and shape a, a program for, for future trainees as well. Yeah, it's really interesting that you, you say eh, about getting access to the gatekeepers through LinkedIn, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, um, but also being prepared for the fact that you are going to get no's or indeed have people who just don't ever get back to you. And that is that's the reality of of job hunting and also networking. Um, we should say for our listeners who don't know much about SQE, and there's lots of information out there, that it was launched in 2020. 21 so September 2021 um, so you are in the first cohort of doing those exams um, across the UK uh, so let's talk about what your experience of the course has been because it's quite a brave thing I think actually to also to, to embark upon a course that that has never run before and mm. you've not just you know gone through exams and prep courses etc you, you you've come to the end and you've got a while now before you find out the overall result but what's that been like for you Liam because presumably again you're doing the same thing you're you're studying and working at the same time yes um well there, there's so I've just uh or in or in April I, I finished the the SQE2 exam the prep for that was between January and, and April that was an incredibly sort of intense three months um and prior to that I did the SQE1 exam in November 2021 and the, the the prep for that was a little bit longer so we had from January 2021 until November. Um, if I can start with SQE1, um, the the exam is is multiple choice so you do two two days of five hours each multiple choice questions. Um, I think they're across 16 different areas of areas of um, law or, or topics um, and they're, they're not sort of helpfully grouped together you could get um, well that well they they excuse me they they are you have what's called um, part one and, and part two so I think there's let's say for example there's there's eight in each so across each day you might touch on eight different topics but they're not helpfully grouped or, or ordered in any in, in any way um, and and that that is a very intense exam and I think perhaps the reason for that is it's 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 a, an alien format it's not it's not something that we do in in work really uh, the questions come really quite quickly there's there's a lot of information to take in and the a lot of the trick to the exam and I would this is perhaps why I would advocate doing a preparation course um, because the exams and the preparation courses are, are separate sort of unlike the LPC for example is that uh, probably half of passing that exam is just learning the learning the technique of doing multiple yeah. choice questions it's it's reading the fact pattern quickly taking what's relevant discarding what's not um, what's the question asking you and then sort of answering it and if you don't know the answer straight away sort of a, a process of elimination or reasoning to to try and get the the next best thing really so they they are quite an intense two days and you'll certainly feel tired at the end of the second one um sqe2 is across five days uh the first three of those are three hours each and that's a that's a written element so you do you do various tasks for example uh legal writing which might be drafting a an email or a letter um, and then a research note and 
those three written days to me are sort of almost seemed like a really intense morning at work. So, for example, the the legal writing, you you have an email from a a fictional partner, and he or she might say, "Well, I've I've got this I've got this new client. Here's here's the client circumstances. Can you advise on issues one, two, and three? And then you you sort of you have half an hour to to draft that email. Um, the the second part of SQ SQE2 is the oral exams. Um, they're across two days, and each day you have a a client interview uh, with an actor um, who's been given a briefing sheet and sort of various information that you have to have to coax out, and then you go away and and write an attendance note. And the second task is a piece of advocacy to a judge, and that could be in a a civil or a criminal context. Um, so very practical. I mean, which is obviously yes. the whole point of the course that you. And we should explain to our listeners that you have to have done a good chunk of work experience to be able to do SQE2. That's correct, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so the 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 work experience element, and they it's it's called QWE or or qualifying work experience. That can be you need to accumulate two years full time QWE. I think that can be in up to four different organisations, and it doesn't have to be sort of equal mm. periods of time. Um, that work experience can be undertaken before, during or after the exams, mm. um, which is the what one of the beauties for me of, of SQE was that yeah. I could I could get the work experience and sort of do the exams concurrently. Yeah. But there's there's nothing to say that you have to do it that way. I, I think in hindsight, it would be beneficial to have at least some work experience before you go and do SQE too, uh, just because those well, at least some of those exercises feel a lot more natural. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's um, no, so, sorry, there's no, no no stipulation on 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 which order to to do it in. Yeah, and I think you raise a very good point there about that flexibility, which is, of course, why it has been brought in as a as a, an ultimate replacement to the LPC. So um, you know, you're you're a great advocate for the fact that you know a great example rather of someone who is really embracing what the SQE has been set up to do. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, you, you, you know, you've, you've gone through this career change and whilst there's a lot of transferable skills and, and content in terms of what you know, perhaps you've done in the past, you, you have made that pivot, which is not easy and, and more people do it than I think perhaps maybe our listeners might realise. But what would you say to somebody who's who's considering doing just what you have done and, you know, how, how can a career changer perhaps stand out from the crowd? Um, from from a pool of graduates, if you like, who might just yeah. be at the very start of their career. Well, I think um, I think you should probably take a period to reflect on sort of perhaps what you want and also where your strengths lie. So um, I think it's quite easy. Like I say, you you there's there's this sort of graduate recruitment funnel if I can call it that and I think as a career changer it's really easy to be drawn into competing with those people and I don't have an Oxbridge degree um, I haven't been on any debating societies for example but I think as as somebody who's in a in a long-term role in a different industry maybe I think perhaps the the things that you do day to day which to you probably seem quite mundane actually can be 
leveraged as a as a skill that you can use to promote yourself elsewhere. Um, I mean, for, for example, in in my old in my old uh, pre previous role, I I submitted a lot of tender bids for construction projects. So you're you're pulling together a quite a, a large piece of work to a to a set deadline. You might be using colleagues internally. You're sort of relying on the the supply chain. So it really is sort of like preparing a a claim, for example, um, where where you might be working with colleagues internally. You're dealing with council, for example. You're you're managing the client. Um, so I think perhaps just a, a period of reflection to work out what your strengths are, and then and then how you can use those. Um, because it there you you would be I think you would be surprised at just sort of how much there how much there is um, that you can use. Yeah, and how valuable that's going to be to a, a potential employer. Yeah. And what surprised you most about the change of direction? You've you've been in this new new world, if you like, uh, for a while now. But what surprised you the most, if you if you reflect on that? Um, do Do you mean in in the actual sort of starting the new role itself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it again, it it seems a long time ago, sort of almost two years. But I started the job completely remotely, so I think that took bit of adapting from me and and from the team I, I think I was the first person at the firm to be recruited and, and sort of fully inducted remotely um, so I think perhaps you have to be a lot more proactive in your in your communication um, one one big surprise which it, it it took a while to get used to was I, I think in my old in my old role I, I was quite senior and I would delegate work to to other people and they they would sort of feed back to me and then and then all of a sudden you're sort of at the at the at the bottom of the food chain again but I think having that experience of giving work to people previously and having expectations as to what might come back and when I think that's that's helped me be the junior person in in, in that equation again um because you can almost second guess what partners and and supervisors want so um, again, that's that's a sort of example of previous experience that you can you can leverage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've, we've come to the, my final question. These these podcast interviews go so quickly um, and we've already had so much great content from you. But if you can sort of look across your career so far, Liam, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given and, and why has it been the best piece of advice? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I can credit this to, and I don't think it was given specifically in the context of careers. But I think ultimately, it's just it's it's really good to to sort of set a goal and then and then almost work back and set incremental steps as to how to get there. I mean, sort of if I look back to, and I think my 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 journey sort of deciding to career to change careers goes back to. I don't know, maybe maybe the end of 2018, early 2019. Making that leap at that point seemed a really big thing. But I think as you as you do your own research and you might speak to people who've made a similar journey, you might go and speak to the careers team at King's, for example. I think as you as you slowly piece that together and sort of take the take the small incremental 
baby steps it's it's really not that daunting so I, I I think in a nutshell I would say sort of plot perhaps where you want to end up and almost work back from there as to as to what needs to be done and I, I think sort of just just to just to add to that is to to try and to try and keep an open mind I think um I think a lot of people when they when they look at qualifying as solicitor might might sort of see big large city firms or certain practice areas and sort of even they they even at the moment might be fixated on qualifying via the LPC and I I would just sort of say well keep a keep an open mind as to as to all of those things and um don't don't discount anything along the way I couldn't have put it better myself. So thank you so much for um, ending our discussion on, on such a, a useful and, um, and positive note. Before I let you go, though, Liam, um, I do just want to remind our listeners that we'll be back soon with a, a new series of Let's Talk Law, which will be coming along in the autumn of 2022. But in the meantime, and on behalf of our listeners, we wish you every luck for uh, SQET results, um, obviously qualifying as a solicitor and, and continuing your role uh, and developing in your in your new direction of your career and thank you so much for joining me and we hope we'll welcome you back to king's in the not too distant future thank you yeah thank you for having me on thank you